Good morning, Stanford Christian Church. This is Pastor Jeremy. Today, I want you to imagine what it would be like without anyone to lead our music. What if no one picked out the song? What if no one led us to start or stop? What if Linda just played whatever she wanted to on the piano and we all just sang whatever we wanted, whenever we felt like it? Some sang fast, some sang slow, some sang during the sermon, some sang as they walked in the door. It would be pure chaos, a terrible, disorienting cacophony of confusion. I'm thankful for Josh, Linda, and our choir. I'm thankful that someone who knows what they're doing is leading so that when we all join together, we produce something beautiful and encouraging that proclaims the truth and builds us up and glorifies God. Our church can be a beautiful symphony or a chaotic mess, depending on whether we have a shared purpose that unites us. Here at Stanford Christian Church, we have a purpose statement. To get where we're going, it's essential that we know the destination. It's especially vital when you're traveling as a group with other people. We can walk together, strengthening our work, or we can pull in different directions. In 1 Corinthians 1.10, Paul writes, Now I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you be in agreement, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be knit together in the same mind and the same purpose. Stanford Christian Church, our purpose is to love God, love others, and share the hope of God's Word by serving, caring, and giving. We did not just come up with this purpose statement because it sounded spiffy. We received this purpose from our Lord Jesus Christ. Remember, this church belongs to Him. We are His people, and He is our King. Neither the church nor we as individuals exist to serve my purposes and wants. We're His. So every year we take a couple of weeks to remind ourselves of the purpose that Jesus has given us and to all get on the same page. Today, Jesus speaks to us in Matthew 22, 34-40. When the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. And one of them, an expert of the law, asked him to, que- to question to test him. Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? He said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? What is it that you want us to focus on more than anything else? We ought to listen to that. We ought to drop everything else and get quiet, get our pen and paper, and listen closely to what our Lord has to say. And he says... You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. The greatest command is to love your God. I hope it makes sense why our purpose statement starts with to love God. Jesus, our God, Savior, our Lord, the head of our church, says that to love Him is the greatest command above all of them. But wait, what does it look like to love God? How do I love God? You know how to love God. For most of us, it's not that we don't know how to love God. It's that we don't do what we know we should be doing. To start, if you love someone, you spend time with them, right? So how do you spend time with God? He has given us ways to spend time with Him in the Scriptures. 
We spend time with him in prayer. We spend time with him in the study of his word. When we are together with him, when we gather in his name, when we worship through song, when we take communion and we give, you know these things. You know how to show your love for God. Trust him and do not worry, but give thanks for the good things he's given you. And as we try to answer this question, Jesus is going to give us some more help. He was asked for the greatest, but he actually gives two. In verse 39, he says, And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. You see, loving God is most important. But loving people is so closely tied to loving God that it must be mentioned as well. How you treat other people directly reflects your love for God. They are inseparable. If you mistreat people, you do not love God. That is as simple as it gets. Let me read you a few passages. 1 John 21, 15. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him a third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. John 13, 34 through 35, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. 1 John 4, 20 and 21, whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother or sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. Who have you loved recently? Do not allow love to remain an abstract idea. I can say I love people, but what have I done? Love is an action, not not just an idea or an emotion. Who have I visited? Who have I given to? Who, who have I encouraged or who have I served? One of the reasons I love our church purpose statement so much is because it leads both in our corporate lives as a church and in our individual lives. To love God, love others, and share the hope of God's word by serving, caring, and giving. This is our purpose as a church and your purpose as followers of Jesus. To love God and love others are given as the, by Jesus as the greatest commands. He then says that all the law and the prophets hang on these two, meaning that everything the Bible teaches explains how we do these two things. If we ever ever understand a command or teaching of the Scripture in a way that's not most loving towards God and others, we misunderstand it. Because all the teachings of God hang on these two. We see it in the Ten Commandments. The first four teach us to love God, and the final six teach us to love one another. The first statement sets God as our top priority in all things. We focus on Jesus and minimize all distractions. The second puts the good of other people before us as a perpetual goal. We must always take the path path most loving towards one another. 
Well, I want to save a deeper discussion of the second half of our purpose statement for next Sunday. I do want to briefly open it up uh, because sharing hope flows from loving God and loving others. Sharing the hope of God's Word connects our love for God and our love for others. We believe that God, through Jesus, is the only one who heals the brokenness of each person and our world. God reveals everything we need to know and follow Him in His Word. It reveals true hope because He is true hope. We commit to share the hope revealed in God's Word to people. It is the most loving thing that we can do for people and the most glorifying thing for God. The final phrase of our purpose statement identifies serving, caring, and giving as three primary ways we love God and love others and share the hope of God's Word. These three actions should be encouraged in everything we do. They give us practical, everyday actions to fulfill our purpose. Today, I cannot preach our purpose statement without also giving you a warning. If we lose focus on the purpose that Jesus has given us, we will fall apart. If we even allow one personal preference or point of our ego to supersede it, we will fall. I do commend you because we're doing an excellent job of keeping the main things the main thing and not chasing our own pride and preferences off the cliff. God has blessed in this place, and I do not doubt for a moment that a big reason why is our uncompromising focus on Him. Listen, this is essential. Every church fight, every messy situation that a church has ever got itself into is because someone lost focus on what's most important. And so they started pulling in different directions and singing different songs, and they're arguing over non-essential issues, over the decorations and the style of worship and the screens, over logistics and events, whether I got the respect I deserve or not. A key principle we always operate on is to focus on Jesus and minimize distractions because we believe that Jesus is the only Savior, that he is the only one who can heal what is broken in our lives and put the pieces back together again. He alone is hope and healing and peace and joy and salvation and abundant life. So we refuse to get distracted and appoint people to anything else and let anything else take our focus. We refuse to ever allow anything else to take the spotlight because we are committed to Him and the purpose that He has given us. Our purpose statement should be consistently before us. It guides us like the sheet music to a song. Deviate even a little, and now it's a different song. It settles disagreements and helps us in decision making. It helps us know what to do, and maybe even more importantly, what not to do. We reject any course that does not best love God and love others and share the hope of God's Word by serving, caring, and giving. We evaluate every idea on its effectiveness in fulfilling these purposes. I appreciate those who labored in action and thought and prayer to adopt it. I pray we always love God and love others and share the hope of God's Word by serving, caring, and giving. Now, one day Jesus had sent his disciples across the sea in a boat. And while they were in the boat, Jesus went up on the mountain alone with God in prayer. When he came down, a storm churned the sea, and the winds and waves battered the boat and pushed it from the shore. Now, early in the morning, Jesus walked to them on the water. At first, the disciples were terrified and thought it was a ghost, but Jesus spoke. It's me. Do not be afraid. 
Peter said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and started walking on the water. But then Peter noticed the strong winds and waves splashing on his legs. He thought about how deep the water and how cold the wind. He lost sight of Jesus and he began to seek. But immediately Jesus reached out his hand and he caught him. We are walking on the water. We live lives in the power of the Holy Spirit, redeemed by Jesus and adopted by the Father. He is blessing us in this place. But we must keep our eyes on Him and the purpose that He's given us. If we take them off and we allow other things to have our attention, we will sink. Our beautiful symphony will devolve into a messy disorder. This is both for us as a church and you as families and individuals following Jesus. Today, I challenge you to devote yourselves to loving God and loving others. Spend time with Him in the spiritual disciplines He's given us in His Word. Love people by serving, caring, and giving. Thank you so much for listening to Stanford Christian Church today. Once again, my name is Pastor Jeremy. Go to our website, www.stanfordchristianchurch.com. Uh, once you're there, you click on Contact Us. Let us know you're listening and how we can serve you, pray for you, uh, and just how we can uh, be here for you. Uh, you can also click on Give to be able to support our ministries. Click on First Time uh, to be able to have more information to make you a little more comfortable uh, that first time you walk in the door. There's a little video there that'll show you how to uh, uh, kind of where to go and, and what to expect that first time you come in the door, kind of what it looks like on the inside and where some things are. So that's a good place to go. Once again, our website is www.stanfordchristianchurch.com. So we start at 10.50 a.m. on Sunday mornings, uh, Sunday school at 9.45. We also have on Wednesday nights at 6 p.m., we have SCC Kids. Uh, this is a program for preschool through fifth grade uh, for our kids to come together. Uh, we do feed them supper, and they have a good time each Wednesday night at 6 p.m. We also have teenagers. Uh, so that's uh, everybody from sixth grade until they've graduated high school. And we meet at the same time. Uh, at 6 p.m. on Wednesday nights for SEC Kids and uh, for our youth teenagers meeting. Have a great week. Love God, love others, and tell somebody about Jesus.